Don't, All right, don't, why don't. are you being a goddamn whore? Stop being one, a two. cunt. Won't you stop being a cunt? <laughs> Start being a cock. Cocks are better because they come with balls. You got two friends right underneath you. We are so welcome here at Ear and Loathing, episode seven. Lucky seven. We had uh, two weeks. Was it two weeks off? Two weeks. Big two spring week break. break. Yeah, spring, spring break, break, man. We were down in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Oh. And uh, coming to you from Palm Sunday today. Also. Oh wow! Right. <laughs> look at that, look at us. So uh, I am Damon, one of the Gitmo Bros. We are also the number one rockers forever. Yes, we are. Who, who's who's sitting next to me? Which Gitmo bro do I have the, the pleasure of sitting next to today? I'm George White, and I got a rod to pod. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then uh, calling in from the North Star. Yeah, it's Hello. me, man. I'm celebrating Palm Sunday by giving everybody a digital five. It's Aaron, it's Aaron Britt. Aaron Britt coming Woo, at you. Big up J-Bones. <laughs> <laughs> so we are the Gitmo bros. We're the number one rockers forever. We're also the three S's. You got to look in the mirror. You got to say your three S's. Star, smile, strong. Star, smile, strong. strong. <laughs> that is the motto of Ear and Loathing. Star, let's say it together, guys. Ready? Star, Star smile, smile, strong. Okay, so. I did it with New York accent. Strong. Strong. Smile. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we had a couple weeks off, and uh, we are still putting out episodes. I guess I should mention this too, because we we haven't really been prepared yet. But uh, by the time you hear this episode, fingers crossed, our website will be up, which is earandloathing.com. <laughs> and there you can find all of our social media. Don't expect great things from the social media. <laughs> <laughs> Lower your expectations for Ear and Loathing social media. It's just not going to be too thrilling. But We'll get out there and mix it up with people. Uh, once More we like get anti-social media. Am I right, guys? Yeah, hey, come on. Hey, come on. <laughs> so, yeah, we got that punk attitude towards social media. <laughs> um, media. So, so, so go to earloathing.com, and I think you can find everything you need to know. And you even see uh, pictures of us. And, and uh, that's another thing you should lower your expectations. <laughs> 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 so, uh, all right. Uh, let's uh, – to today in the torture chamber, we have Aaron – we, yeah. we, we start the cycle again. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that means that Aaron is, has brought to the table a, a topic to discuss. I have. Um, I was thinking the other day about the joys of rock being in an act, shredding, giving it back to the people, how fun it is, and how painful it can also be, and how sort of disconcerting it is to to fall in love with it and have it be your your uh your thing so early in life because it it makes everything else just a real drag and hard to concentrate on school and relationships and everything 
And uh, so I was thinking about that just in a broad sense. And then I started thinking about how fun it would be to be successful. And then I started thinking about <laughs> bands who are successful, <laughs> who seem like they fucking hate it. <clears throat> and there's, yeah. there's, there is a Mount Everest. And on top of that Mount Everest, with an extra like 30 feet, is the who. They, they as an act, and as individuals seem to hate being in the who. <laughs> and, hate, and hate having success. There is and, and no have for thirty years. <laughs> yeah, there is no mirth in them. They, as individuals, seem dismissive of it, of each other. Uh, they shit talk their dead brothers. Yes, they are also just enough involved in rock and like rock and will say nice things about their peers, but more likely than not, Pete Townsend is going to talk some shit. Um, and this is coming from a place of love because I, I am a fan. Of the big three when I was growing up, the who were easily a deep third place just because they weren't fun to listen to. <laughs> the Stones are fun. The Beatles are fun. The who is deep and sort of depressing. And I was coming from a deep and depressing enough space anyways. I didn't need, you know, they were like a quaalude and I was into Coke <laughs> and <laughs> in, in some very real ways too. But at the time... It was more like, God, come on, what a drag you guys are. Every song's fucking, I don't have my shit together. No I, they, one knows what it's like. All right, okay. You know, you never realize how, like, they never get the girl. And I think, <laughs> like, they never get the girl in any song. It's always a drag. And that's their position. And it's a bitchin' sort of position, truly, where, like, it's cool that they speak to what's probably the more real side of being an adult or being an adolescent, you know? struggling and stuff like that but it's just a drag it's a drag my generation aside yeah the real part (laughs) but even that is it's like not being able to communicate yeah Uh, yeah, right their whole oeuvre is about not being able to communicate it seems would that be the hoovra (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) so as a result it seems like it's like fuck I have these dreams of being in a fun act and like loving each other and being a band of brothers and sisters rolling across the the state's rocking venues. But what if you were in the who? It's like the only person who seems like they were having any fun. Now you would say Keith Moon, but he was manic and out of control. And it seemed like it'd be too much. Yeah. But his his John, fun it was, yeah. was a chemical imbalance. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no, he was, yeah. <laughs> there's so, so like, he, he just seemed like he was actually dangerous to everyone. But like John Entwistle seemed like he was having a good time, but then he was always going broke, falling apart. He seemed like he was like he didn't seem like he was having fun on stage. That was his bit. He was having expensive fun. Yeah. And so it just is bizarre to <clears throat> come across one of the greatest, biggest acts, the legacy acts, who seem like it's just not fun. Now the stones at their most combustible were still having a blast. No one has more fun than Mick Jagger being Mick Jagger in life. He's, sure. he's having a blast always. Now he manipulates himself and he there's, a, and why shouldn't he? Because why should he let anybody in? He's been a massive star since he was, you know, 19. So who knows him really in some other way? Same with Paul, the last two remaining guys and Ringo, I suppose. And then there's the who, but like the who just seems like it was a fucking drag all the time. And they're on the road now 
having a terrible time. I know it. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> are they on the road right I now? Gonna, and, I was yeah. just going to say that. I thought you were going to yeah. go like, they're fighting all the time. They can't stand each other. They're miserable. And they are currently playing the Los Angeles yeah. Coliseum this they're Saturday. On <laughs> what yeah. like it's, the, they're on the road right now. Yeah. They're on the road right now. They ha- It was um, stopped and started a few times because of COVID. And now they're back on. It's called the the Who Hits Back or something like that. And, tour. I, and I think probably that I, I think they've almost gone full circle now where Roger and Pete actually speak to each other. Yeah, I think that and there's, there's many years they weren't. I, I heard stories from guys I knew that were did lighting for them or whatever saying like that they'd have the two roadies talk. They'd go, hey, can you go tell Pete not to play, you know, the D at that part? Because right. it's not good. And then, okay, and they, and they didn't speak to each other for years. Is that correct? Yeah, I think everything's a drag with them always. It's like, you know, Pete's always seemed to be like, it's. I think it's rare when you get him to say like a nice thing about Roger and then Roger will be upset about something Pete's saying. So he's being bitter. He's also one of those dudes who seems like just not exciting. Like Roger was... Like Ian Anderson from goddamn uh, fucking Jethro Tull, yeah. they both have like salmon hatcheries or some shit. Like, <laughs> no, they if don't. that's the You're most interesting thing up. about your fucking you mild ass, no, dude, I'm telling you that they both have like <laughs> one is into trout and the other's into salmon or some shit. And like, I read somewhere that Ian made more money in fish in the fish game than he ever made in rock. <laughs> a, so that I'm like, real, is it? I'm a real fish nut. The secret is playing flute for the fish. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think that, you know, I think it speaks volumes that those guys are equally sort of uh, bemusing to me because like they're in the fish game. But I don't know when it comes back to it, it's like you think I have this shining star imagination of what it would be like to be in an act and be a legacy act for so long to be so lucky to have that. But still, I like the illusion that it could be a band of brothers who love each other, blah, blah, blah. But they, they, I'll say, like, when it's time to promote a tour. Yeah, I don't know. It's fucking work out there, man. I really <laughs> hate to go on the road. I honestly, I'm telling you, I don't want to be there, but we'll be at Wembley <laughs> next month. <laughs> yeah. It's... Come if you want. <laughs> we're, 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 it's, there's going to be 50% less scowling. We promise. <laughs> on stage fights, less. It, yeah. Why? Because our hips are bad. I really can't make it over to, <laughs> can't to do stage left. I, I can't make it over oh, there anymore. It's, God, uh, you know, it's really, it's, uh, really hard. <laughs> With love, I say, boy, it just seems like they hate it so much, and it seems it just depresses me to think about it. And on but, the, uh, on their level too, like it, if you have to tour, like on their level, you can't get like easier, right? Right. They're yeah, probably it's, staying it's, in the nicest hotels. They, they've got probably got private jets. Um, they probably skip day one or two at least days at a time between shows oh, to yeah. kind of re- right. recuperate. And they travel using like a hub. Like you'd use New York, stay there and work the entire East Coast traveling in a smaller plane or something and then come back to the same hotel every night. Yeah. So do you, is is your, is your topic of discussion the who themselves or guys in their position who get to, who are, no, it who is are, the are who, bummed it, the out who about themselves. it? No, the who's themselves. Only yeah. them. Only them. Because they're uniquely, it's, it's, it just struck me. It's like, what a drag. And like every stage of their, not just now, it has always been that way. Like if you go back reading articles with Pete back in the, you know, 67, 68, it seems like he's like, this whole thing is going to end. Fuck these guys. Fuck you. Fuck me. I (laughs) suck. I'm less than whatever. That dudes are better than me. As I recall, he would, he would actually just disparage rock and roll itself. Like this music (laughs) is shit. I I wish I didn't have to play it. 
Like, was he saying <laughs> stuff like that back in yeah. the 60s? And I don't know if he ever offered, like, I guess you could say with slow hand, at least he was going, the blues is where it's at. I'll never be Robert Johnson, B.B. King, Albert King. Da, da, we da, know. Da. We know. Yeah, we know. Enough slow hand. But <laughs> with Pete, like, it seemed like the bright shining spot in his life was like when he was into uh, that fella, uh, uh, Baba. Um, oh, that guy. Baba the, O'Reilly thing, right? Well, Baba, Baba I forget his name. Baba Bowie. He's into Baba Bowie. Baba Bowie. He's into Baba Gary but like, like it seemed like, like when he was getting clean off of coke and stuff like that. But like, I guess the thing for me is like, holy moly, those dudes! Did they ever like it? What a long career for something that you seem to actively disdain and um, belittle. I have a question: Is uh, <clears throat> I know a fair amount about the Who, but is is um, is any of Pete's uh, angst tied into his sexuality and the gay stuff when he came out, or he's bi, or is he? Is that the reason maybe he's angry? My take on him and Mick Jagger, and this is only like a take of mine, is that they saw people become like they were macho, right? And then in when they started, and shortly at like the two years or so after they started, suddenly up comes like David Bowie and some people who are sort of that ambisexual. Yeah, really taking started. it to that next level. <clears throat> right. And so they were like, my opinion is, is they were like, oh, shit. You could be fluid. You could like not have to be macho all the time. Huh. It's too bad I can't do that. And so they were coming from way behind in the race. So anytime they would do it or intimate it or kind of put their toe in that water, it would seem a little heavy handed where someone like Bowie could just do it with sort of effortless abandon because I think it wasn't coming. I don't know why. It's, it seemed like disingenuous fluidity, though, right? Because I, yeah, I agree. Prob- I agree. Because uh, Pete and Pete Townsend and Mick Jagger had probably stuck it in so many group, like female groupies, like the right. vaginas weren't that interesting anymore. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, the Burt Reynolds syndrome. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Like, and so it's like, oh, it. let's. I guess I want to try that, but then it turns out I don't like dongs. So <laughs> now I guess I got to go. That's all back. I got. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and choices. so I think that that it's interesting that for fucking sixty years, it's been a fucking drag, <laughs> and been and yeah. they've been successful. It's not like people have said in in droves, "Well, if you don't like it, why should I?" People right. respond to it still. And straighten so, me out on this. I, I my memory is this is that so because when I, I when we when talked about a topic, I brought up about uh, legacy acts, and maybe that's the reason there's no new rock. I think of them as the first ones that did that. I'm thinking around 1980 or 81 is when they said, this is the farewell tour. And that was the first time I'd ever heard that in my life of an act doing a farewell tour and we were packing it in. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. And then they sort of putting a underlining the fact that they've been around forever. The Stones at that time had just been massively successful with the Tattoo You Tour the year before. Right, yeah. And so they were good. And that was the first time I think that the Stones really got money. After oh. years of being fucked. So like they had a beautiful life, but they didn't get serious money because that was the sponsor tour. I think it was Jovan Musk for Men. <laughs> right. Sponsor Speaking that tour. of macho. <laughs> but yeah. And then and the Who, the next year, were was like Michelob or something like that. Miller. I think it was like Yeah, Michelob. yeah. It was a beer. I remember that. You're right. And then um, that was the last album. It's hard was the last record with "You Better, You Better." Was the there... name of the album was "It's Hard." It's like that's Pete Townsend's <laughs> philosophy of life. And they're standing by a video game, right? They're standing by space yeah. stool. 
or oh, something. Yeah. Uh, they're standing into a video game. But mm. that was the last time they made an album together? Well, it was the last one where it was... I think after that, it was a long, long time until they did anything new again. And, so, and it was their last one with poor Kenny Jones. Can you imagine fucking Kenny Jones coming from the, 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 the fucking lads act of the faces and shit yeah with rod stewart ronnie wood just everyone having a fucking blast a thousand percent <laughs> of the time to go into this fucking uh, you know church band of like like people just being just totally depressed all the time maybe it was just different without moon too maybe that made pete even sadder who can say i mean the thing i guess really is is that in this game that we all sort of love and covet and tried and continue to try to be a part of and are drawn to you know, doesn't mean it's going to be chipper. And certainly it just, it's really stands out like a fucking dog's balls, how depressed the who have been since jump. Like they've been fighting and hating each other actively for 60 there's, years. That's <laughs> there's one, at least one place where I, there was a, it was one of those classic album episodes. And I think they were doing who's next yeah. probably. Yeah. And it was a really good episode. And I, I love those. I don't care Me what too. band it is. I love, love when, they, awesome. when they listen, yeah. get the multi-tracks out. Oh and, my God. Here's yeah. the drums. And then we decided to put a tambourine. Right. Yeah, so yeah. good. I love it. Yeah. Um, but uh, Roger Daltrey, they were, I think it was new boss and it won't get fooled again. Yeah. And they were soloing the, the drums with the vocals. Cause Daltrey is making the point. Listen, when Keith plays, he actually plays the lyrics. On, on the fills he's doing. It's ridiculous. And yeah. and the big smile on, on Daltrey's face was just great. But that was one of the rare instances of them giving each other compliments. Right. Uh, and so actively frustrated. I, I don't, I, I seem to recall uh, Pete Townsend being glumly sitting in the room where he's got that the, the old synthesizer that takes up like three walls. Oh, right. The <laughs> right. Moog. The Moog with the yeah, patch yeah. bay. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. The patch bay. It's like yeah, one of those old yeah, yeah. Uh, t- telephone operator yeah, yeah, centers, yeah, right? You had a patch of sound in. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And, and so, uh, and he's this sort of, sort of morosely describing the, the process of plugging in the... the <laughs> The jack plugs and and not not really acknowledging that the other guys were on the album at all, as far as I remember. I haven't seen that episode in a while, but that's <laughs> yeah. He was he's he's always like you know sadly sitting in a, in a isolated room somewhere, he's, just you know playing with the synthesizers, <laughs> describing those synths. We now know why uh, Keith Emerson whipped his with a, a, a bull whip. He was probably just pissed yeah. when his solo. He started whipping the goddamn things. <laughs> we thought it was a bullwhip, but it was actually those patch cords. Those patch cords. He's like trying to hit something. <laughs> oh yeah, boy! So I, that, I guess that's it. I just think it's interesting to put it out there. Like, it's like, isn't it interesting that a band could be so dismissive of itself for so long and still have this longevity and still and because you'd think that people would go why, again if you don't care, why should I? But you know. I have one question to ask uh, Damon, because I think he's the expert in this, but to your point, Aaron, so Damon, in what you do, do you, I was just thinking, is it is it more difficult to manage a bunch of dicks? Because that's what you have to do when you're in a band, get along with everybody. Yeah. And if you're the guy that's doing that, there's always one guy that's doing that, no matter what, I imagine it's Pete and the who, that is it harder to manage a bunch of assholes at 25? When they're twenty five year old, blah, or is it worse when you're an asshole and you're fifty five and more set in your ways? Is that guy more difficult? Yeah, yeah they're, they're calcified. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at, at yeah. Is point. it more difficult? What's the answer? Um, in your opinion, you can get guys in their twenties to do more stuff. Yeah, um, they're erratic yeah. as far as like scheduling and 
hey, you, you text them and say, hey, are you available for this date? And then uh, they don't reply for four days. You're right. You know, the, the older dudes will get back to you pretty yeah. much. Yeah. But you're right. They're, they've are, they're, they're, they're not going to leave their house for, for, you know, let's go do this promotional gig. Not that I want to do them either. I'm, I'm yeah. as calcified as anybody. Yeah. But just, just <laughs> theoretically, <clears throat> the young guys are more willing to go do stuff mm-hmm. and drive farther and, and just because they're, they're not calloused like, like us geezers. Right. Yeah. So here's the thing. If you ask me if I prefer... Younger guys to older guys. I prefer no guys. I just would rather not be doing it. That's that's my preference. Well, there's <laughs> our answer, Aaron. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. There's <laughs> our answer right there, Aaron. And by the way, I, we, we forgot to play our uh, or we. Yeah, we I forgot to play Kibitz Corner. Yeah, right now, do it. Let's. Do I it. almost interrupted to say that. Yeah. Where's Kibitz Corner? All right here we go. Hi there. Welcome to Kibitz Corner. <laughs> And Kibitz Corner is brought to you by the Who Tour, coming to a city near you. <laughs> Moping into the lobby of, of a hotel. <laughs> Who <near> cares? <laughs> Pete doesn't. <laughs> it, kind of shuffling onto a stage near you. Any other? Yeah. The Any Who other? brought to you by the word brought to you by the word begrudging. <laughs> I think it would be easier to solve the bullying bullying crisis than to figure out what the fucks have been going on with the Who for sixty years. <laughs> I picture like like Pete Townsend is so done with with the rock rock life and being in the hood and everything. Like his windmill is now just barely lifting his wrist <laughs> on the guitar. Just like <laughs> <laughs> a guy comes up and does it for him. Yeah, right. He's got a roadie to flip his arm around. Oh, shit. Okay, well, Kibitz, that's nice. Any other uh, good who gems from no, you, lads? No, All right. no, that's it. That's it. <clears throat> so let's, let's get into torture. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Torture chamber. Down we go. Okay. I'm not going to bullshit you, okay? I don't really give a good fuck what you know or don't know. But I'm going to torture you anyway. Suffering. And who's in the torture chamber? We know who that is. It's Aaron. Yeah. Lucky boy. ADB. ADB in the TC. <laughs> so I guess like I went first last time with uh with with Paul Anka. So I guess you Okay. Go I'm first, first this time. I'm first, yeah. Yeah. And I have your tune here. I, I don't I, I I say this all the time, but I like to be surprised. So I don't know what either okay. of your your contributions are you guys this week okay the sorbet or the torture so i'm about to see george's for the first time just mere seconds before aaron has to hear it here we go and i'm gonna get anything you want to say to start or do we just hop right in i think you're gonna know this right away and hop right in Get this one, Aaron. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I uh, from the the uh, the song that l- launched a revolution of backward-hatted, red-hatted douchebags. <laughs> all, all for the nookie. All, all for, for the, the nookie. nookie. I'm gonna say that, like, I luckily had some pretty massive UV blocking blinders on during this whole period of what do you call this new metal or yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, new metal. I did too, but that's this I, was so. I, I can almost say. 
I've never I've never gotten through this entire song. I don't I don't know anything about it. I know that I know of course no Limp Bizkit. This is Fred Durst, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, okay. Yes. I know the the sort of surface points about these guys, but um and I, this riff obviously is familiar. Yes. But I I don't think I I've ever gotten through any of these songs. Well, so pay attention this'll to the lyrics. Be a, this'll be a, a a new experience for me too. And this is a lyrics video too, so yes, we can just yeah, read yeah. Oh, yeah. read as we go. Made it easy for you. <laughs> Yeah, they like that riff. Is this is this supposed to be rap or something? Like, what is he? What was the point of this style of music? New metal, rap, you know, rap metal. Yeah, like, so metal. like they could come from a place of. Uh, I think that it's my take on it was always that uh, Rage Against the Machine happened, and then mm-hmm. a few years later, I think that there was a generation who came up loving that and also loving uh, that that sort of Cypress Hill era of uh, of of rap. And, and wanting to of, combine yeah. them, yeah, and wanting to combine them. But there was a very specific chunk of rap that I think they came up liking, and Eric B. and Rakim and those dudes. I think so. They wanted to combine, slam those two worlds together. Um, yes, but it's. I'm just reading these lyrics. I don't know if you have it up, Aaron, or if you already know them, or you <laughs> just don't want to. I'm familiar with yourself. Yeah, yeah. But um, it, like Rage Against the Machine, I could see them. They had a point, sort of like a. a uh, they were trying to make some sort of political social. Yeah, they weren't social ever singing point. a song about relationships or getting dogged by some chick. Yeah, it this was always, is. It was always like the Sandinistas and Daniel Ortega. And <laughs> well, you, <laughs> like you got you guys missing a little a little bit here because I had to read about this too. Okay, but I want to do, I guess, bring us into the nineties. Okay, because we're talking we talk about the eighties a lot. So this was one of the biggest pieces of shit I could find from <laughs> that period of time. But I'm like you. Look, I was thirty something years old by then. But um, so Corn is the band that started the new metal. They that's their idea. They're the they're the beginning. They're the baseline for new metal. And Limp Bizkit came after them and was so popular, but so shitty that everybody and Corn supported them, took them on tour. But and then the people, that, the guys that really perfected it was Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park really perfected the idea, and then later got themselves away from that because all the stuff you're talking about. Where it became a now new metal being a part of it became a negative thing because there were so many bands yeah. after this because Limp Bizkit established the popular idea of what new metal was and then a thousand shitty bands came after them up through like I'm gonna say this is ninety nine and by two thousand three there were so many fucking bands that were like this that it was just horrible and no one wanted to be associated with it anymore especially people like Corn and Linkin Park that were actually I'm not sure I'm not a big Corn fan I couldn't name one of their songs. I'm not a big Linkin Park fan, but they were respected bands that were going places and doing things and not just doing this. Yeah. Yeah. This... And that's the, that's the brief history of what I learned about the beginning of new metal. And also because these guys were omnipresent and, and yes. they were like, these guys were so fucking massive. And then he, for whatever reason, Fred Durst is easy for people to dislike and to dismiss and be 
frustrated that they continue to have to see someone. It's not even like he did something so so dastardly and like came out and said some shitty shit about girls or shitty shit about politics outside of, you know, being a, a rocker or whatever in my memory of him. But like yeah. people really, really jumped on hating the shit out of him and probably because he was just fucking everywhere. You couldn't watch MTV without hearing him and the and the record sold a ton so radio da 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 but right. i th- i thought he he was a, a bit of a douchebag total yeah so he, like, he did yeah, say and like, do a bunch of shitty things didn't he yeah, yeah he i don't did. know but yes but i don't know that he did anything in my memory anyways didn't do anything that was any worse well i think it was probably just lateral from everything else and like unless there's sh- shit i just put out of my mind um yeah, th- there's one thing the big thing with him is so oh, basically Woodstock '99 or whatever the new Woodstock. Did you see that documentary? Got blamed on him. Yeah, got mm. because girls got raped. That's when they were on stage yelling "break That's stuff," right. which is their follow up to this. That's right. So and they, he like, made a bunch of comments and did not help shit. at all. And that's everything got blamed on him. I'm not sure. I don't know if you can really. You might want to look at the organizers of the event instead. Yeah, but but everything got blamed on him as the wrong person to be the messenger for this generation. I think that people also thought that there is a, and the Beastie Boys had to deal with this too, where they immediately started to decelerate when they started to realize that there is a knucklehead group of guys that exist in the world that they were, that the Beastie Boys believed themselves not to be a part of. But then when they realized that there was this sort of partying vibe that they were celebrating, and suddenly looked out into the audience and found everybody being like, they were like, whoa, 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 let's decelerate and become something different. Right, which Limp Bizkit didn't do. Right. Yeah, and then okay. there there was a world of people, and I think in that space, left space for this, because the knuckleheads didn't change, and they were still waiting for a voice, and you just got to give them one. I think Corn was maybe a little bit more depressive, oh, whereas yeah. these guys were way more about the party about doing it and yes a bit of angst but way more about like you say like that was that was horrifying what happened to woodstock and right you know you could lay the blame at their door um because it's just not it's it's goddamn awful especially you know if women were raped it's a goddamn nightmare but but like i will say that i would be being disingenuous if i didn't say i've always been moved how they can operate a crowd Really? Now we're talking about yeah. we're talking about Woodstock, which is like let's back off of that, yeah, <laughs> because that's a goddamn nightmare. But like in proper crowds, festivals, their own, it is unbelievable, and they know exactly how to do it, and their music speaks to it. It's that low, high, low, high, low, high. They know about their arrangements, how to move people, how to work a crowd, about the BPMs that work best in a stadium crowd, about how people can be bouncing, and it's all around the same BPM. Like mm. they really operated in that space and their records sound huge. Like I had been in bands and stuff with Damon where we were making sort of very emotional, tight, punky, almost lo-fi rock. And the change to the big shiny change of big, massive, loud, incredibly <laughs> high mastered big ass sound was an emotional break for me like i was like i didn't particularly like it but i did, i was impressed by how big everything sounded and huh. i wanted a, I wanted a bit of that action and i love the way that the crowd would be excited but they were fucking knuckleheads and i didn't like in and, and those fans seemed unattractive fans to have yeah. so 
right. I have well, all I, kinds of feelings about it, but some of them are actually mildly positive. I'm curious. I'm that I'm, I was curious about this to see what you would think because I thought that you guys, especially you, Aaron, would hate this because you were trying to be successful during this time. Right? It was. It was. And you'd be like, it these was fucking guys, fuck these guys. Like, it was you a just roadblock. Hate this, you know. In yeah, general. the band, the band I was in at this specific time was not this either. Yeah. Um, me and the Dalton Grant boys, it was right. not, it was never going to be anything like this. Even when we were in sort of a harder version of that as Dragline, we were never going to be anything like that. We were a lot more sensitive, I think. The producer came to see us once at fucking hard rock of all places. I don't know if he came to see us, but he was there. And I remember us thinking about that, like, oh, right, those records do sound pretty cool. But it, it was a it was a it was a blemish. It was a blemish in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> well, let us listen to this crap some more. <laughs> if 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 Dalton Grant had had a Z somewhere in his name, I think maybe you guys would have had more success. <laughs> All right, let's keep going here. We got a lot of great great music in our future. Seven times. I feel like I know nothing about this music, but I could write better lyrics in about five minutes. That's what this. I'm. Yeah, this that's is just <laughs> not even like clever or funny because sometimes like the, these these white rappers, they're either super sinister, like like Eminem, right, or they're just kind of clever and and silly, you know, fill in the blank. But <laughs> this this is just dumb. Right, it is. It's just yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, stu- yeah. stupid lyrics. All right, and and d- repeating. I'm a chump. Was that supposed to be like he's a chump? But why repeat it seven times? It even says in the lyrics here, times seven. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. What does that what does that even mean? I, okay, I did it all for the nookie. His girlfriend wait, he's sad that she left, but he, he was only doing it for the sex anyway. He's justifying yeah, then, it. Did he, and did... then you can but but in reflection, now I don't you can you can take that sex and uh and put it and in your cookie. Make tracks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kick rocks. And nookie rhymes with cookie, see. Oh. <laughs> so that's that, the thing. That's where th- therein lies the genius. Yeah, Nookie. I don't know what's the right. It's just it's it's hard. But uh, the uh, what they said is that the guitar player in this uh, in this band his name's Wes Boylan Boylan Borland Borland, who seems to be pretty well the power behind the throne of whatever Fred built. And he didn't like this. They just decided to call it Nookie because they didn't know what else to do really. And like many things, they didn't think this would be very good. And then it turned out to be their biggest hit. By the way, uh, this record. Seven times platinum, nominated for a Grammy. <laughs> yeah, it was huge. Yep. I mean, the huge. face of everything. And I, like I said previously, the other bands weren't like, they're, they got in feuds with like uh, the uh, Nine Inch Nail guy, Trent Reznor, right? Yeah. Renzer. Yeah. And he, he came out against them and how stupid. And even reviews would say pretty much what you said, Aaron. They're like, they'd go, God, this is awful rapping and uh, it's not a very good groove. But somehow people like it. I don't know what it is, but you know. 
Yeah, you can't pretend mm-hmm. that the that that the the chunk and the populace don't exist. That's what made the our recent political situation so dangerous. Right, is that it's out there, and they're gonna get a they're gonna get a champion, and they will always get a champion. And you know, sometimes it's the champion's fault. Other times, they're just making they're just. They're just providing the information. <laughs> and there's plenty of people that are from the Inland Empire and uh, have those Calvin stickers on their truck where he's pissing on something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is like. Which, and if you're that guy, cool. But there's a lot of those. You know, that's it is who, like. You know, backward hat. I mean, that spawned a whole if look. I mean, Calvin it's sticker like could a, have a musical note. It, it would, would be. It would be. <laughs> <even risky. laughs> yeah, it's just that, that look, the whole look of this, of right. the backwards hat and the whole thing, and that whole. What became a very douchebaggy look yeah. for that time. So I, I don't mean to go dark, but like all that comes to my mind, you know, when I hear this and based on what we were just talking about, the sort of people who, who were into this at the time was this is like the soundtrack to a date rape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's because of like those people, like the people who are the, the sort of lunkheads who, you know, it's it's just so prevalent and so it will always fucking exist and you just feel it. Now that I'm an older guy and I see footage of like fucking spring break, I go, oh my God, tonight so many of these fucking gals are going to get hassled in such an yeah. awful way. There's no way they won't and it will be and there was going to be a soundtrack to it and here it is. <laughs> and it's and it's just this, like of the positive things I will say for Limp Bizkit, I all of that is completely true in my belief. And I, I felt like there is a modicum of danger about it, not because of what they were making, but who it speaks to. And and the reaction and then, that comes out of those people. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I mean like this song is benign as fuck truly. And it is, um, and it's stupid and it is lunkheaded, but it's, but it's that base thing that will speak exactly to it's the kid rock fans. It's that kind of thing that like, you almost can't blame it on the music. Because they're just doing it. They're just putting it out there. And it's it's this chunk of people that it will be the absolute, you know, Adderall for. Like, down yeah, for yeah, Jacksonville. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly. That's and, where he's from. They're from Jacksonville. Oh. Yeah, well, and then, boy, boy, go. isn't that isn't that a fucking exclamation point? <laughs> right. Holy right. moly. I did, I did think, though, that, um, you know, to a, a, a generation of fellas probably that are now 40, about. Mm-hmm. Maybe even a little less than that, because yeah, this is twenty years ago, and you know, if you were fifteen, then you know that you're now you're thirty five, right? That this was the soundtrack to their life, as you know, I'm sure people said a lot of this stuff we're saying not exactly about Van Halen and our and our generation liking David Lee Roth and what a jackass he is and the things he said, and you know, every generation has a hero, right? Yeah, but they didn't. <clears throat> Van Halen didn't have. The power of, of, you know, that era of Van Halen didn't have the massive power until the last record, until 1984, right. the mass yes. power of, of yeah. MTV. Uh, yeah, boy. Yeah, it, it, it is a problem fucking time and a problem fucking chunk of, yeah, this was the soundtrack to a lot of terrible things. And boy, you're right, Damon, it's that, the sound of a date rape. It truly is. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like fucked I- up because like, I'll mm-hmm. bet you. That upon reflection, those guys are like, oof, yeah, that boy, is that true? But what were we going to do? We were making music. We we're trying to make hits. Yeah. We we're trying to do something. So it's, it's fucking bizarre. Like, it's <laughs> weird to put it on their door. It, in a it's, way. I just, yeah, this, I pictured this music playing when there's a bunch of go- shirtless guys on a beach somewhere and a girl who had just like a few minutes before been like dancing in her bikini is now surrounded by these <laughs> fucking jackals with cameras and all just like going, oh. 
And it that's, went from fun. It. Yeah, it went from that's fun exactly to the, the girl. video. But it went from yeah. fun <laughs> to dangerous Plus. in a second. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like, for that girl who's having a fun, and there was. It's 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 a bigger conversation. What was going on? I think with uh, gals getting control of their sexuality, and there being this like. This is around the time I think that like the notion of being a stripper went sort of became it seemed to me yeah girls gone wild and all that stuff. right where yeah. there seemed to be some freedom for ladies of taking control of sexuality and being a bit uh showing themselves off and stuff like that combined with the lunkhead movement that will always exist and those two parallel lines suddenly would smash into each other from time to time and these girls weren't asking for fucking to be hassled they were taking charge of their own self and I think it got real dangerous because of that. Like, and I don't fucking know shit. That's my dopey thought about it. Mm-hmm. But boy, it certainly felt like that. Dangerous, dangerous times. And now back to Nookie. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird to talk about something heavy with the fucking these. It, it is. Dangers. I didn't know it would go this way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it just goes on like this for four and a half minutes. It does, yes. Yeah. Does there ever a break in the... Yes, there is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's... it's Yeah, get to the ground. Right. <laughs> Jesus. line from another song yeah it's from uh eve six uh wanna put my tender hot in a blender did that predate this song right around the same time i think i'm gonna say maybe a year earlier 98 i think is that called was this just a shout out to the other song or i don't know or did he think that was a common phrase and he just feels like it's a shout out (laughs) okay yeah the the guy the other guy's going oh thanks dude thanks i didn't sell seven million records you could go ahead and unshout that out please (laughs) here we go five more I'm, I'm it's monotonous. Gonna, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to... Truly is. I'm just rolling my eyes over here. I'm not even the... I'm being tortured. So I'm not even in the torture chamber. Um, oh, I'm yes, looking yes. down at Aaron in the torture chamber. I'm going, why am I feeling this? But um, So I'm going to... Against my better judgment, I'm going to give him some sort of credit. Like, is he in character as a guy? Like, why? Why am I even doing this? <laughs> but is he in character as the guy who? Uh, uh, do you know that the the Aesop's fable, sour gra- the fox and the grapes? That's where the term sour grapes comes okay. from. No, I do not know this. Um, the, people say sour grapes, and they think that it's just someone complaining about something. Yeah, it's not. It, it, it the metaphor, whatever whatever that would be called, is actually a little bit deeper than that. It's the fox was was I'll, I'll give you the real quick bullet yeah. point version. He's he sees these grapes up on this this uh you know vine yeah. and he's jumping up trying to reach them so he can eat them, but they're just too high. He can't get to them. So he walks away 
And he says, they were probably sour anyway. Yeah, right. Okay. So yeah, that's yeah. sour grapes, meaning right. yeah. uh, something that you can't, you disparage something that you can't have. Understand. Yeah. So I, I don't know how we got into Aesop from <laughs> fucking Limp Biscuit. That's but... what you get. <laughs> On ear With the Gitmo Bros. Yeah, the, the Gitmo Bros are going to take you places. But so no, I think is, that's a clever read of what this is. Like he's saying, I did it all to have sex with you, but you won't put out. Now that I don't get it anymore. Yeah, yeah you won't come across. Or maybe she never even did. No, no, he, yeah. she did. He, 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 she used him. That's she used the whole him. thing. So, she used so him. Now he he's saying, fuck this. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, didn't want he, it anymore. And fucked yeah. his friends. And he, he's trying to justify his own broken heart oh, by right. saying, well, I did it for the nookie. That's sour grapes. It's sour nookie. Sour but he yeah. but he got the nookie. He got yeah, the nookie. sour, baby. In this story, that's a real he... shot across the bow at her at her uh, <laughs> at her sexually speaking. Yeah, right? and her cookie. <laughs> All right, let's hear the rest of this. All right. Oof. I mean, do we have to get through this whole what, thing? Because no, we're okay, only like okay, okay just, just get no. The, I, we'll get, keep going for the now. Breakdown, but... The breakdown. Okay, I the wanna, breakdown. I want to hear the breakdown. <laughs> the, the first time those words have ever been uttered about a limp biscuit song. I want to hear the breakdown. <laughs> Another thing that they could have rhymed, <laughs> hooky. That's but that's some hook. I can't. He, is he even singing? What's no, going on in this not, section? No, it's just he's kind of doing a treatise. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. Our, so we're still in the middle of this this ho- we could, hooky we could, breakdown after Our, this. Okay. All right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> This part here seems very much like down, down, down. It's, it's very much. I could see why Trent Reznor and them would be frustrated because yes. this seems like a lift of them. It is this moment. That's what he was mad about. Yep. <laughs> um, and and uh, yeah, yeah. I would in 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 any kind of world much prefer listening to Nine Inch Nails uh, than this. And see, it's. It, Especially when, like, what that brings out in me right there that moment is I'd never really thought about it. It's like, well, I'd, boy, wouldn't it be nice to be listening to Nine Inch Nails instead of this? <laughs> well, I also thought of something I didn't, and you, you just woke me up to this, that also I, I think this is constructed like, um, you know, DJ music or dance music in a big crowd, uh, what, not trance or I'm too old to tell rave, you all EDM this. or something. Rave, EDM, where there's, you got to bring it down the drop and all mm-hmm. that, and then everyone's yeah. just waiting to go crazy again. We yeah, start going, okay, you, you got to bring it down. Like a, yeah. like a rubber band, rubber band, tight, yeah. tight, 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 right. tight, and then right. let it go. And like they were that's what this is. That. They're that's what way, this is. They're experts at this. I'm and looking at the lyrics, and it's and it says, just leave me alone with an exclamation point. I'm like, oh, that's the part where the band's going to kick back in. Mm-hmm. Not, never having heard this song before, I went, at least leave me a ding 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 Okay. Yeah, this is this is terrible. So we're back in the yeah, we're we're kind of back into this groove. Let's just see where it goes for the next minute or so. Yeah, 
Did they just go out with that? I believe so. Yeah. Nookie. Yeah, I think that's it. We got another minute. Yeah, I, I think it cuts off early and there's stuff. I don't think it's that full. That is tough to take. It is very tough to take. And I, I would right now, I'd even would. That's the thing about maybe this is the beginning too of where hip hop and this kind of uh, song structure, I'm going to call it, where guys like us go, I don't understand how this is even a song. Yeah, like from traditional songwriting, you'd go, "Well, why, how is this a song? Even it's not yeah, it's really a series of moments. Uh, yeah, I, I sort of strung together into a right. thing, and I get perhaps I don't really get the appeal. It's not true. I just, but it's not really a song. It's some noise. It's energy over. It, it's energy it, over craft. I suppose yeah, you could say yeah. from a critical point of view. Yeah. I, well, I don't, I don't want to be the guy, the old dude who says this isn't music. You know, right? Yeah. You right. you whippersnappers yeah. with your Rock guitar. Goddamn Elvis Presley shaking his head. <laughs> no, I mean these guys learned something and did something and made something happen. And it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's. I'm just. My point is like, it's just not good for what it even is. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's that. Was, you could compare it to like you know like where Rage is. Those yeah, those guys were good at that. Yeah. Yeah. And these guys aren't. Right. And Lincoln Park's very good at Lincoln Park. When you read about new metal, Lincoln Park is the pinnacle of how you know what was. The goods, the good part of it, and I think the record is called Hybrid Theory, and it sold even more than this. But these guys brought it. That was the thing: is these guys were shitty, but they brought it to everybody in a way that Corn didn't, like Aaron said, and that Linkin Park hadn't at that time. Yeah, and, and Limp, yeah. And, and I think Limp Bizkit is the party version of of other music that was being made that was made by depressives. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so Linkin yeah. Park, Nine Inch Nails. Corn, fucking all those dudes are coming from a place of like, I'm fucking broken and nothing's going to make me feel better. Whereas these guys were coming from a fuck all that, let's just party through it, it well, seemed, and therefore spoke to the lowest common denominator or the worst experience, the worst behavior of perhaps good people. You know right. what I mean? So like there's, those dudes are just waiting for a soundtrack always. Cause there's a, there's, there, it's not just fucking American lunkheads. It's across the world. And they spoke to all those dudes. Mm. So, okay. Oh, well, we don't have to listen to the rest, but uh, yeah. <laughs> well, this, it's, uh, I, I did not we, expect we, this to go this way. Fred made his point <laughs> in the first three and a half minutes. We, I don't think. <laughs> no, it's an interesting thing, Georgie. I yeah. think it's a, I think it's a very good choice because it's just like, it says there's a lot, this, this is a much bigger story than just being an annoying yeah, song it, or it being... calls up a lot of disturbing images and, and ideas, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> yes, and that's like how can you be more torturous than than actual violence? <laughs> and, and let me say this also, like because I never followed this style of music, I didn't I knew Fred Durst was the guy that everyone goofed on and, and hated from this and he was a douchebag and blah blah. People said he was a douchebag. I now think he's a douchebag too. <laughs> Just having now have it this song. I think it's all, it's all true. Yeah, I don't feel sorry for the guy. Yeah, you I don't had think... no feeling about it at breakfast today. You had no feeling about yeah. Fredders. Yeah. Now you have. Now you do. Yeah. <laughs> My work here is done. I had a piece of sourdough Aimed toast. I the was wrong fine. person. But <laughs> <laughs> suddenly, I put some marmalade on. Before the marmalade, I hate Fredders. <laughs> it's like the knife stopped halfway up to the bread with marmalade dripping off. <laughs> What the fuck happened? <laughs> Thinking about Fred Durst. <laughs> Your woman's going to be like, Durst again, huh? Durst. Yeah. Durst. Durst. You having the rapey <laughs> feelings again? Yeah. <laughs> She's on the oh, phone with her friend. It's another Durst morning. I'll, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> you understand. You heard the pod. 
So, suddenly, it's suddenly like a red baseball cap grows onto your head <laughs> backwards. <laughs> oh, by, the, by the way, I never made that connection. I mean, maybe I'm way behind the times, but the fact that the, the new red baseball hats, I'm looking at the uh, a picture of him from, that, the, from that's the, the official video, video yeah. and it's a red baseball hat. I, I didn't know that. No, that's like, him. That's his whole, that's his thing. Right, but the, now yeah. that we have new red baseball hats. Well, we do. Oh, oh, with oh, make America yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know if there's his is backwards though, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what team it is. He always wore it backwards. I think honestly, it's because he's bald, which you know could be, yeah. You know, but anyway, I just maybe there's a connection there. Maybe not. It perhaps. does. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a, a straight line from the old red. Not hat afraid to work political here in the loathing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> quite political. Yeah. So okay. well, it's douchebags of all eras. Yeah. Yes. No, it's true. Unite. That's what I was saying. That's yeah. what I was saying. Yep. So, all right. Nice one, George. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, I, uh, um, I'm happy we discussed it. I didn't think it would all go this way. So, <laughs> very happy. Now, my uh, mine is also from the 90s, believe it or not. Early uh, 90s. Okay. And uh, it also, where I would define um, Limp Biscuit as manufactured angst. Mm-hmm. The song I'm about to play you is what I was kind of when I was torturing myself preparing this song. <laughs> I, the only word I could come up with was vague angst, which is what a lot of people felt in the in the kind of grunge era and stuff. It's like this kind of like I'm mad at something, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, right. yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. I'm feeling something and I don't know what it is. It's called being 22, you know what I mean? Yeah. But the, but this this so this to me is almost like the quintessential. Uh, vague angst. Okay. And I'm going to play this bad boy now. Here we are now. Entertain us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I hate this song so much. <laughs> I hate her voice. I can't take it. I'm already I hate I'm already it, too. Upset. Oh, my God. I can't believe we got five minutes of this coming our way. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. No. Oh boy! I'm sorry to the fans, our 69 <laughs> fans. <laughs> Fuck! Here, here we go. Oh. <laughs> and it's such a mopey tempo. Oh. This could be this could be every rose has its thorn in another world. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's dangerously it's same, close. Same kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's, it's a brother of that song. <laughs> it is. And let's get a, a couple. I'd so much rather listen to Poison right now. Oh my god, <laughs> what I wouldn't pay. <laughs> well, let's get a few lines in because we have to uh, enjoy. I'll do the, a couple uh, lines. This <laughs> we have Bet to this the, shit up the the, uh, the 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 vocal scapes of of Linda. <laughs> <laughs> of Linda Perry here. Let's let's. Uh, I want to get into it a little bit because I got I got a lot to say about this one. Twenty five years out, my life is still trying to get up that great big hill of hope for a destination. Na 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 na. That that. I, I have to talk to you guys about singing like that and writing melodies like that. We'll get into it later, but na 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 na. I never like twenty five years and but 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 trying to get a big bag. Too many words, Linda. Yeah, too many words. I realized quickly when I knew I should that the world was made up of this brotherhood of man. For whatever that means. Amen. 
for whatever Amen. that means. Yeah, yeah she, even off. she's unclear what she's singing. <laughs> if that you makes came sense. Up with it. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> you I don't, said I don't. it. Yeah, you said it. <laughs> you could have gone back. <laughs> if it doesn't yeah. make sense, maybe rewrite it. Yeah. I don't know. There's a process. Yeah, you can't ask a question about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she she goes through about four or five. I'm not exaggerating. Different singing styles in this one song. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So and she's entering into that sort of a vaguely Joni Mitchellish. Kind is that of what rubble. it is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but well, just unconventional. unconventional yeah, like the, which, sorry, all yeah, four Mitchell characters, right all four characters in a Joni Mitchell song were nice to listen to. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's one in here that I that I, I want. I don't want to hear any of Linda's characters. Uh, what they have to say, how they have to say it. Why but, they're saying it. Yeah. So or be a part of her questioning her own self in the middle of the song. Oh, between this and Nookie, I had to take the phones off for a second and yeah. just sort of <laughs> you know, give myself a bit of a massage and kind of. We haven't, got, we haven't uh, even gotten to our screen. No, I know. Yeah, right. I know. There's plenty, plenty, to, plenty to enjoy here. I said, hey. I said, I said, hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I heard you. I heard you were screaming yeah. in my face with your fucking, I always imagine that she had like weird bagel breath or something. <laughs> and she's like yelling, yelling at my fucking face. It's like, I know you fucking said, Somebody hey. Somebody on the onion bread. bagel this morning. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There, there's a, but here's the thing. There's a world where this song, like this melody could be sort of morphed into a, a, a listenable song. Maybe not a great song, but there's, there's the, that, that catchy. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's a fucking hook, man. I, yeah, it's I, I a, down. Yeah, it, it's, it's a fucking hook. It's, Give it up. It's just her lyrics and performance make you just go. Tune out. I'll tell you what's going on. I'm turning the radio on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what's going on. I'll tell you what the effect is. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I want to. Now that we got into a little, little bit into the chorus, there's a lot to say about this. Yeah. So, as I was talking earlier, I mean. I, I was reading more about her just in general, because I know that she's written a lot of songs for other people, some of yeah, which are of perfectly, hits. perfectly acceptable pop dance songs, like a, the pink song. Yeah. I, I thought that's coming out. So yeah. I, get I this party the started. same person wrote this song. Yeah. I realized that when and you were, yeah, she's, she's had a perfectly acceptable uh, music career. What's the name of this act? What the name? Four this non-blondes. is four, four non blondes. Four non blondes. That's it. Okay, yeah. Um, but I'll tell you three brunettes who aren't interested. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! So she, the the thing that uh, actually I, I thought on a kind of macro level about this. Do you re- do you guys realize like there's a pretty high percentage of songs that were written by professional songwriters in in the torture chamber so far. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like Paul yeah. Anka. Uh, Desmond Child, Bernie Taupin, Bernie Taupin, <laughs> Linda Perry, because she became yeah, after this band. Yeah, she became yeah, like right. the, so. I'm wondering if there's a connection there. Like we hate uh, professionally written songs. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if, 
I think that if you get if you get up to the plate a million times, some of them are going to be uh, dog shit, and it doesn't mean they won't be hits. Yeah, you know, right. and yeah. and like you know, Bernie Taupin, like how many shots did he have, and how many times did he come up a winner and a and a hero? Got to be eighty percent, right? <laughs> at, le- at least, yeah. Ber- well, like Bernie, I mean, you want to talk about the luckiest guy in show business? Yeah. I mean, if it, 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 it helps if you have a genius like Elton John mm-hmm. taking your crappy lyrics and making them into the, these hook epic monster great tunes. So we can get into him later if you want. But um, so there, there, a funny little story about this song. Oh, I want to. I'll, I'll come back to her. And, yeah. It, but there's a funny story about this. Steven Jenkins from Third Eye Blind and yeah. uh, mm. Linda Perry were-, were Another guess, giant. Yeah. But they were pals in, in San Francisco. They were both kind of, kind of struggling, uh, you know, pre-success and uh, I guess playing the same clubs. And so at one point they ended up in a room together with their guitars and- he looked back and realized she she was playing the song she had just written, and it was this song, What's Up? Yeah. And he played her a song he had just written, and it was Semi-Charmed Life. Oh, right. Yeah. And okay. they both, they, I guess he's like super, he, he thought that was such a great thing. Like, wow, these two songs that we just were poor struggling musicians and playing an acoustic guitar to each other, and they both became these huge hits. And I was thinking like, yeah, it wasn't like, you know, Mick Jagger was having a jam with Stevie Wonder. You're right. And I said, hey. <laughs> Right, you know, Stevie, yeah, check yeah. out my new song "Sympathy for the Devil," and 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 Stevie goes, "Yeah, check out my new tune, Superstition." You know, right. like th- this is—it uh, wasn't that big of a deal that those that they played "Semi-Charmed Life" and uh, "What's Up," and uh, also no, by what's the way, what's going on? I thought. No, that's the thing about oh. this. It's oh. it. She never says "What's Up" in the entire song. Um, I'm gonna assume that they just said we. There's th- one of the most iconic songs in all popular music is called "What's Going On" by Marvin oh, Gaye. Yeah, right, so yeah. we can't. We obviously oh, can't call it that. I can think of that. Okay. But the fact that they didn't go with like you know, no one's gonna mistake it for that. <laughs> hey, 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 or something. I don't know. Like what else? The Should what's up it, thing. I said hey. I said yeah. I said hey. I there said, there hey. you go. Um, but they went with "What's Up," which I just find annoying. But possibly one of those things where like, um pedantic teenagers would correct each other like that was her intention like uh, oh no it's not called what's going on i just heard this new song called what's going on uh it's called what's up you know? actually get a, get yeah. a dialogue started get a yeah. dialogue started yeah <laughs> like some marketing team may have come up with that <laughs> but um so what was I? oh i was saying about her and uh she just seems like a damaged person yeah. um she, her she she morphed into she seems to have just grown into being a, an asshole like i was just reading an interview with her uh very recently within the last year or so and she had, talking about how she worked with dolly parton and they you know she wrote either wrote some songs or produced something with her or something and linda perry's all about linda perry from what i can tell from the interviews like she, her, she went into a long thing in this interview about how he she she had to make it super clear that she produced what's up she had to make it really clear that I took the band to a studio by, by ourselves and I, I, uh, I produce it. I'm like, I, I don't know if you should be so proud of that production credit when you hear the song. But um, so she's just really about herself. She's talking about, and, and at one point in the year, she refers to Linda Perry in the third person. She, Uh-oh. she, because <laughs> you know, if you're at a Linda Perry session, <laughs> something like that, the same way that, that Anka, uh, 
he just kind of comes across as a dick in that song, you know, yeah, and, and then yeah, he's other, right. other things in his life that make, so I just, my thought, my takeaway from Anka is he's a dick reading her <laughs> interviews, hearing these lyrics, these kind of self-absorbed non-self-aware person with, with this, this, as I call it, vague angst about something she's mad at, but you don't they understand. They seem disorganized too, frankly, the lyrics, it seems just like it's a bunch of shit and she hadn't really thought about anything. And when you reflect on it, it seems like you could have, this is a, this is out of your mind. You didn't, you didn't go back and from that point where they came out of your head to arrange them. It's just a bunch of sort of like, there's too much. You're, <laughs> too many ideas. Yeah. Like, like hone it down. And then you say that tr- trying to get a but, but, but it's, like, it's, it's always been a huge bother to me, the, the pronunciation of stuff and how she does that. And, uh, and then to hear that she's a third person talker. That's tough. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So carrying on here. Right there, I will say, like, that tone of her voice when she's doing those kind of soft pleasant. Yeah, that's that should be her voice all the time, right? Because that, mm-hmm. that's the only thing that sort of sounds nice to me. She should be a backup singer in a girl group, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, just sing lullabies to people or something. <laughs> Could you imagine her, like, she's singing your kid to sleep. She's like, coo 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 Hey! <laughs> she's just screaming at the kid. Uh, Linda, you're fired. That's what you get when you hire Linda Perry for a, a babysitting session. Yeah, you hire a Linda Perry. She says to you. <laughs> to babysit your child and sing lullabies, you're going to get Linda Perry. <laughs> Linda Perry's going to get your daughter to sleep through the night. That's what Linda you know Perry what I, does. I, what I feel like, what I, my, the image of myself listening to this song even though I'm here with you, what I image myself being is the guy in Spinal Tap with the downturned thumb. Yeah, right. <laughs> D- listening Just to Jazz Odyssey. Row. Yeah, me and the front row doing this. This is, what yeah. is that? What the fuck is that? I hate. Oh that. my god! Uh, and and th- this this is yeah. This is possibly the worst part she of the whole like song. Sounds like Morticia Adams. What does that mean? In this institution, I, I mean, the obvious thing is you're institutionalized. The institution of, she's saying, I think that the way that people engage with each other is fake and phony, but that's the institution of social interaction. And she tries, she tries, she tries, but still it's, 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 it, it makes her say, hey. <laughs> and it rhymes with revolution. Yeah. yeah that's the, that's <laughs> she, the she's line. She's gearing up to the big fucking, yeah, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. What? Yeah, what? Let's get to the revolution line because that's that's the key to this. That <laughs> unlocks the mystery of the song. It does. 
suddenly she's a heavy metal singer there. That was like yeah, suddenly she, uh, that was like uh, Tom, like the guy in Cinderella or something. Right? Yeah, she's <laughs> okay. This this is the Tom other thing Kiefer. I wanted to say based on like that her vocal affectation on that last line. You know who does these kind of weird things with her voice? Yoko Ono. <laughs> This is like she she's kind of showing off that she can do all these different things with her voice. And I'm like, this is just true in life. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you have to. It's like Alanis Morissette had a uh, harmonica at the session. Yeah. But it doesn't mean she should be playing it. Yeah. This Alanis is... was clever, though. I mean, I think lyrically far more yeah, clever like than, than yeah. this. And, and we, it's shitty to talk about these two up perhaps because they're both women. But like they were peers at the time i think it was around the same time yeah maybe a couple years apart yeah yeah but like alanis was like shocking and clever and huge right away and this was just annoying immediately yeah she was alanis wrote on that first album how many great songs yeah dude fucking hits for days yeah yeah so and those are all the fucking demos by the way right was meant to be and then uh then i think maverick guy osiri was like no we're gonna put this out right this is it that's it that's true this is a fucking. That's why it's all drum machine and that's the Glenn Ballard deal. Yep. Any, anyways, I, and I never thought that I'd be yearning for Alanis. Yeah. Aaron's <laughs> trying to change the subject. Sorry, pal. <laughs> Sorry, pal. You sit back and down in that goddamn yeah, you chair, know, guys, huh? Let's spin that. <laughs> all right. So yeah, I, I just she's showing off, quote unquote, her her voice, but to bad effect. Like, I'm not. I'm. I'm the opposite of impressed with you. <laughs> I, I'm I'm angry at you. Uh, it's such a long song. It's a fucking dirge, dude. Yeah, I know. Here we go. Fuck. Let's get let's get let's get to the best line of all. For revolution. For revolution. What the hell? All right, sorry, I stepped on that. Let's. What revolution are you talking about? Like, is this? <laughs> You know, in the, if if someone in the '60s was talking about a revolution, there's enough shit going on, like civil rights movement and feminism and stuff. Like, you could be having a reasonable discussion about a revolution. What is she referring to, other than I'm I'm crying in my bed? That's which is the chorus, I believe, or the pre-chorus, know. or something, I'm, where she's I'm like, lost in the and I lay in my bed and I cry, or whatever the fuck she says. <laughs> and so she's crying in her bed about a revolution. I don't. I'm pretty sure that's not how revolutions start there sweetheart <laughs> is, is weeping under the covers so i just this this bullshit angsty bullshit you know position she's coming from is is just so fucking annoying the revolution give me a fucking break all right ca- carrying on here and that and that the performance of that line is just God, fuck off yeah these this is there was a type of person guy and gal who appear to have read the first couple pages of uh, the che guevara book or, or something and they and, and, and they're like they're like i have the t-shirt in this enough i want to talk about when you're when you're so right damon like the truth is the big deal is is that you're 22 right that's yeah. the like not feeling you're feeling like uh, uh your shoes don't fit emotionally speaking like nothing's working and that's, that's the world's against like, me that's how you feel yeah. when you're in your 20s you're an idiot yeah. you're a moron you know and and it would be nice if she'd go back and go, God, I'm really embarrassed by those lyrics. But I don't think I'm ha- she ever I'm very would. happy that it was a hit. Like, it would be refreshing. I'm so stoked it was a hit because it made a career for myself. But, like, I'm not sure what I was trying to say. It seems like a mishmash of shit. 
Linda yeah. Perry needs to take another look at me. Take Linda Perry pass. needs to take. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's some it's some intellectual honesty would be nice from some of these people. Like I kind of see what you're trying to do at the time. You can't acknowledge that. She can't acknowledge this is a stupid song. <laughs> All right. I can't. Kiss, 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 kiss me, love, by Yoko Ono on, <laughs> and we could A B it, and, and we'll go. Fucking Yoko sounding good, bro. Just Pretty one good. kiss, kiss will do. Kiss, me love. kiss, kiss, oh, kiss, kiss oh, me, love, love, love. That, like, do you remember when, like, I got that album? You know, it came out a month, uh, weeks before he got shot. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so. You're listening to that album, and you're, you know, I was very young at the time, but you're still, you're still emotionally feeling yeah. like this guy's gone. I can't believe it. Yeah. And you're trying to like get into the, into this album, and that every other song is a fucking Yoko song. Oh, God. Kiss, yeah. kiss, kiss, kiss me, love. And, 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 it, and it's not one of the angry John Lennon records either. It's very, all his songs are very like mature, adults, and, yeah. and, and beautifully yeah. crafted pop songs. Like incredibly pretty melodies. And so, like, that's why, and it's such a fucking neck ripper offer. <laughs> when she shows up like because if, if it was those if it was on the like fucking cold turkey records and shit like that where he's fucking angry yeah screaming like having that fucking primal scream shit going on <laughs> then is it would have been like no it's fucking it feels the same but woo, woo. is there a song in double fantasy where it's just her orgasming or a part of that record or um, it's just her yeah orgasm? She, yeah she it, it's, right, yeah. is it kiss 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 or is it another one I don't know. I remember my mom having this eight-track tape and the same experience you just... Yeah. I'm like, oh, watching the wheels. Oh, cool. Like, yeah. the guys from Cheap Trekker on this one. Yeah. Or whatever. In the studio. And then, then that comes on, and you're like, what is well, happening yeah. here? <laughs> it's all too different. I'm Not eavesdropping even. on a conversation I didn't want to hear in the first yeah, place. Yeah, right. It's odd. Back to Linda. Fuck, but, I wish you'd... Uh, oh. We've got about a minute and a half. I'm going to torture you just through the hey, hey, hey. I don't feel well. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is this is really bumming me out. After Nookie, drag, this is just dude. too... Geez, after Nookie, this is just... Wow. <laughs> I listened to this like three times preparing for this, so if, if that get, makes you guys feel any better. Makes me feel worse about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> makes me sad I, for my friend. Yeah. <laughs> You guys are going to have an intervention. <laughs> this guy's just way too into this torture concept. Yeah, like she's going like three more times on this or something. I I, I don't know. Oh, fuck. Um, you know what? There's a thing that's happening in this record, and, and back in the day when uh, Dalton and I were trying to get uh, you know a band together and trying to get things moving, um, we used to say that there's a certain type of song that if you can imagine, 
if, if you're in your songwriting process and you can imagine a group of like four teenage girls driving down PCH with the top down in a convertible singing it, and you can be honest about that with yourself, that this is that, then you've cracked the code and now you can move on to another song. Like you, you're searching for that. Mm-hmm. And this is that. It is for sure. It is that you, you would be able to like walk around and go grab a bike now if you did this. So it is that. <laughs> and so, but short of that, yeah, I mean, you hope that maybe this car crashes now because <laughs> you're like, oh my God, make it stop, you know, or throw the Blaupunkt out the fucking window. Yeah, she, yeah, it's it, obviously that's what was happening with the song at the time. You, I mean, right. it's, 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 it's girls singing along with it, you know, like mm-hmm. I will survive or whatever. Right? Yeah, for real, for real. And, be, and I think that also because she uses all those different voices, I think it's fun for, for gals to do that. Like, so that's why, like, you know, there's a lot of the women that I was around for the nineties would love doing like those indigo girls harmonies. Like if you can crack that code and women love to sing it with each other in a sisters are doing for themselves kind of moment, you crack that fucking code. You win. Yeah. You fucking win. It's and all, it's almost like the, the I'm female, jealous. the yeah the female equivalent of the Fred Durst song. And I'm not saying that. I was you know, just going to say that this, yeah. is, no, this I mean, is literally a totally sister right. to the same kind of thing we're talking about. Yeah. It's the, yeah. And to a generation of people, this means everything to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A certain girl and a certain guy, those two songs mean, this means everything to them. Right. They'll Especially love it right she's now. So, she's, she's not really defining what what the issue is. <laughs> so no. like if someone's having a bad relationship, this could be what's going on. If somebody's frustrated by the electoral process, what's going on? <laughs> if somebody's confused about, you know, uh, having to do anything this could be it your yeah, stepbrother like, ate all the jam in the fridge I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> marmalade <laughs> i i can't get anyone on, on, on customer service on at&t what's, what's going, going on, on? uh sure but the the uh the last thing i wanted to say about this song was to me this is and, and george said this before i think it was george just a minute ago who said you know people relating to this song yep. later like mm-hmm. th- it's their jam later it is to me to me this is like the breakfast club of songs because yeah, yeah. if you try to watch the breakfast club you're the john hughes movie yeah as yeah. an adult yeah you just want to gouge your eyes out it's so fucking stupid <laughs> and it's so t- i see why 10th grade damon liked that movie yeah someone who watches breakfast club as as an adult and enjoys it yeah is the same person who listens to Four non blondes as an adult and enjoys it. I don't. I don't really know. I, I hate to break it to everyone. I know a lot of you are lining up to be my friend. We probably can't be friends if you still relate. You can if you admit I did like that song when I was in high school. It just came out that you know my senior year. We loved singing it in the car. I'm cool with that. If you gonna try to convince me that Four non blondes is a good song now. By the way, this is another one like We Built a City that's always on the worst of list. Right. Oh, and like it? yeah. Oh, I know and that. like. Built, we built a city. It deserves to be there. You know, there's no. You, right, you not know, all of them do. Not all of them do. No, you're, but you're not going to get an argument for me. This song is just fucking stupid, and uh, and and I don't want to be uh, in the life of a person who actually and is going to try to defend this song. And it falls into that thing, like a lot of those other words. It's absurdly confident. Yeah, <laughs> in itself, like it's like why do where do you get the sack to be so fucking confident like, <laughs> with this dopey fucking pace and everything about it, and it's so fucking emotive and shit. Like, you, I don't think you should deserve uh, kudos for being emotive and screaming at everybody, <laughs> especially if you're you not should probably be a little bit embarrassed by it. 
Yeah, yeah. Keep it. You know, pipe it down to like a murmur if you're not going to say something. If you're going to say a bunch of bullshit that doesn't make sense and and, and empty sentences, don't scream, dude. Note to self. Note to. I, I've thought about that. Time. I've thought about that because as I listened, and I, I've I've never listened this like you said, Nookie. I've never listened this all the way through. <clears throat> I'm flashing back to my younger self and realized because I was so put off by it immediately that I never listened to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But now listening to it later and listening to so it's just that one I'm going to I don't not I don't I don't don't talk to me about fucking notes. It sounds like a G to a C or something whatever that thing she's playing, <laughs> right, right? Yeah. It's through the whole thing. I don't think it changes too no, much. No, at all. all. Yeah. And it and it and it, it kind of reminds me of um Jane says the Jane's Addiction song, where it's the same yeah. thing through the whole ding, thing, ding, and they're different. Ding, ding, they're different ding, ding, songs, ding. obviously. But do you think she's overcompensating with the vocals because there's really nothing else it, right? going on here? It, there's not. It's funny you brought that up because yeah. another observation. I mean, I had way too many thoughts about this song, but um, <laughs> she, I think, was trying to sell herself as the female Perry Farrell. Oh, and the fact the that time. they they actually share a name, it's like Linda Perry Farrell. Oh. Um, but but she was God, wearing... he's so much better. He's so much. He oh, got of so course, much more to course. say and yeah, so yeah. much more life that he's lived. But and, she was running and around Jane with says a... specifically. Yeah, she, yeah. and he's right. saying a lot in that story. Right. Yeah. This is saying nothing. Fucking yeah. zero. No, yeah. Jane says is fucking genius. This is trying. This is like a, a, a weak attempt at one of those. those right. Those That's songs. Right. And yes. and she was running around with the with the big you know steampunk hats on and everything right dressed like a yeah a, a yeah. pirate a pirate she, or a pilot or something or whatever. yeah <laughs> yeah she was trying to be like a like a like a perry farrell she's got a submarine jacket aviation goggles right right and, the aviation and, like, and a hat right yeah whatever. what do you call that steampunk what is the name of that yeah like why are you like pick pick an element you can't but what is that look called i don't know what that's through. called you know like, steam, well steampunk is that the, steampunk okay. yeah. yeah right where it's like it's Technology, but it's old technology, right? You know, where you know, there's a lot of like guys with with uh, what are those things called? The monocles, you know, right, a lot of guys wearing monocles, and they all look dastardly. <laughs> yeah, and they have they, they wear gloves with no fingers. Right. Okay, that's all right. It's steampunk. This is of... that's the kind of thing where like if I was at a stoplight and a couple of steampunk assholes walked across the street, like you're just I could just under my breath just looking at these guys. It might I would I would say this fucking guy. Yeah, this, <laughs> this guy. This guy. Like yeah. not even like enraged, was like this is fucking. Bad. Huh. <laughs> I forgot she looked like that. I, I keep think, conjuring images of you know the baby doll dress with the uh, combat boots and Riot Girl, right? That yeah, yeah, yeah. Choker, no, she was choker necklace and okay. That's she was listening the, to the song, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah she, like long trench coats and and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, Linda Perry. Linda Perry. Linda Perry Farrell. Okay. So, uh, oh. all right. Well, that's that fucking that drag. Concludes. Wow. This session this was tough. What a sack of shit. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. So we leave. We now hand the the uh, the, the discussion over back over to Aaron for his thoughts on these two songs. Yeah. Um, I think that that between these two, I will take away, and this may be the power of second as opposed to first that we discussed before. But I'm going to take away the darkness of <laughs> date rape from the first, <laughs> and just view it song to song. And song to song, it's not even a contest. I am so bummed and depressed about fucking Linda Perry and that fucking song. There's and like because I will say that with Biscuit, there's an undeniable energy that's happening, and the the only energy that's taking place in this is the the energy of me trying to get out of a a, a locked box, a torture chamber, if you will. Yeah, a torture, a torture chamber, if you will. If you will. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just fucking horrible. And, it is. You know, I can't. I can't. 
it's not a contest betwixt those two. If I remove the darkness that is uh, that other stuff, okay. yes. it can't be named yes. any longer. Yes. But like, boy, it, that is it's fucking nut to nut, man. Uh, but I'm gonna go with the. Oh. Da, da, da. Jesus, da, da, da. Damon wins. <laughs> Fuck. And boy, and like, I'll tell you what, like my beautiful sorbet coming in now is so needed. It so is. This was great. a rough one for me too. I'm. Oh yeah. my god, I, I saved your what? lives by with what I'm providing you. Okay. You're fucking welcome. Uh, yeah, that's to me like this was because I accused Aaron of cheating when he when he uh, pulled out the the starship. <laughs> and I felt like I was cheating on this one too because I thought you it's pretty hard to top this one. I mean, that would have been a great torture chamber session, like we built the city it, versus it, this one. Yeah. On blondes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. What Terrible. would have been the outcome of we that? We should have like a uh what do you call it? Like for basketball, you know, the sweet sixteen uh oh, yeah, the brackets. The, the brackets. brackets. Yeah. Sweet bracketology. We, we could do that for the uh for the twelve days of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> we do our Christmas show. Right, yeah, right. Build up. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Oh okay, so, so let's uh I say we get into some sorbet. Yeah, let's. Here we go. Let's hand it over to Majel Bear Brit. <laughs> sorbet. Purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll never get sick of that. Does George even know that reference? Of course. That's not Lake Minnetonka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good, yeah. <laughs> I, I... You know, Come on. I was You're, alive in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> He's got two ears and a heart, doesn't he? <laughs> Jesus, yeah. I uh, who, who who and better yet at that time or really any time, who who's going to forget anything that was going on when Apollonia was nude? Yeah, about to jump into Lake <laughs> Minnetonka. Yeah, that, that, you know, that's yeah. a, it's a moment in a in a boy's life. <laughs> yeah. I had some sort of Minnetonka situation <laughs> happening when I saw her. Minnetonka in your trousers. <laughs> More like Mount Minnetonka, if you know what I mean. Hey, we're we're getting we're getting into like Fred Durst. Yeah, put on Nookie quick. Put on Nookie. (laughs) Sorbet me, baby. All right, I got Aaron's song here. At this point, I do not know what it is. I am going to open it now. Oh boy, here we go. Do we have a commercial? Damn, these takes are going by fast. No, this is it. (laughs) Okay. A real band together. Oh, God damn it. Everybody's gone away. Said they're moving to LA. That's a pretty out there guitar riff for an Elvis song. Mm-hmm. Right, it's a little yeah. bit. I don't want to say proggy, but it's it's pretty it's pretty advanced for what you'd expect. Uh, yeah, well, this this whole song. What struck me about it originally is that it's originally by a guy named Danny O'Keefe. On it was on a 1972 record that was in my house growing up. Um, O'Keefe was the name of the record. It looks like <laughs> uh, it looks like uh, fucking uh, who's the guy who had the bear on TV? Grizzly um, Adams. BJ. Uh, yeah, Grizzly Adams. He sort of looks like him out on the mountain or like a butter commercial or something. And he, and so he, uh, and and this this song has been covered by fucking everybody. But this coming out of Elvis's face, uh, it's especially, it, it's so sweet because it's not long before Elvis died that he put it out. And, and there's, it's just a sophisticated bit of business for Elvis to be doing when you listen to the lyrics and hear how he's delivering it. And I especially love it. There's other versions of this song. This is like take eight, and this was not the one that was used, 
But this one specifically, where you hear that one at the top, he goes, man, these songs are going by pretty fast. And he goes, some of them going are going by very fast. And he goes, okay. <laughs> I, just sort of, I didn't hear that. I heard him talk. And then, and then he's and then he's happy to go on. And then he fucking delivers this live fucking one take situation. Yeah. And so I, I ask you to listen to him. Listen to the words that are coming out. He didn't write them, but did he write anything? So that he's delivering this and imagine it sort of the way he does things and the way his voice works and the way the Sinatra's voice works. And he's talking right he's to you when he's when yeah, he's singing. Exactly. And it's about the breathing. It's about everything. And what the band is doing and the um and the keys specifically when they come in and what the guitar is doing and the vocals are doing. It's just unbelievable. I, I and I have a couple more I and mean, we're barely into the song. I mean the first yeah. fifteen seconds of them warming up and then still I'm I'm getting so many feelings from this. Number one, I already feel better from the torture chamber session. Like Elvis <laughs> is, is 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 a beautiful sorbet right now. Yeah, from beyond the grave. Yeah, he's solving already- all the fucking problems that like the king should. Yeah, and and the fact that it's called Take Eight, I'm assuming this is off some box set or something where mm-hmm. they have alternate takes yeah. and stuff. The so stacks, the stacks album okay. that came out. Yeah, and so like just a live, like like you said, this not the one they used, but probably still could have been because it's that's Absolutely. how great these this band was and everything. The, the band is better this time around, and the mix is better this time around than the one they used. So it wasn't. I tried to. I thought about it, and I was like, no, I love this one. This yeah, is the one I like. And um, also the picture on a completely superficial yeah. level, the picture of on this video that you sent me, mm-hmm. um, he's in his jumpsuit kind of medallion era, but he looks fucking awesome with the, right. cause he's thin mm-hmm. and his hair looks good. It's kind of long, but it's not like super, he never got, had really long hair anyway, but it's, it's a, a little bit shaggy, put it that way. And those yeah. glasses are pretty fucking killer. Yeah, dude. Uh, my favorite glasses. He looks great in those. I have three pair of those. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm already like, I got a Minnetonka from this from this song already. <laughs> Here we go. There's not a soul I know around. Everybody's leaving town. Some caught a freight, some caught a plane. And the sunshine leave the rain They said this town will waste your time I guess the ride is wasted mine Here comes the chorus. This is what the keys are doing with him. With the, what's what's doing? With the key, with, with the organ. Oh, the organ. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm glad we stopped it right there because I, I just like, I'm listening to these guys play it live in a room with each other. Yeah. The bass players, the bass players is just perfect right, line. right in there, right in there. Yeah. And it's like, that's the kind of bass playing that we as, as amateur idiots, like we have to like do 17 takes and comp them together to get that mm-hmm. sort of sound. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's he's doing it live in the room, days. probably did it yeah. 50 times that day. Right. Yeah. Without, Tom. without missing a, a, literally not missing a beat. Yeah, just a motherfucker. All right, here we go. Chorus. Some gotta win, some gotta lose. Good time, Charlie's got the blues. Good time, Charlie's got the blues. That's the chorus. And it's just so so perfect, little fucking nugget. Some gotta win, some gotta lose. Like, fucking coming out of the king's mouth, that line is so heavy. You know, considering everything about it and like surrounded by fucking those cunt yes men his yeah. entire life and 
The Memphis Mafia. Be good time, Charlie. Yeah, just be fucking everything. Yeah, that sounds real good, King. Like, like everything is like jokey, jokey, jokey. Yeah, he's another Cadillac. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so he. Yeah, you're. So I guess your interpretation is he's imagining himself. To be, he, he embodies yeah, like, this these lyrics like I'm Good Time Charlie. I'm the guy who has to keep the party going all the time for these assholes, and yeah. no one really appreciates that. I mean, that I have the fucking blues. I mean, real blues where I got to take medication to get through it. Right, and like in that, in like the songs, uh, you know, talking about like the 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 verses coming up are just are heavy as fuck uh, about growing up and and the the what that's all about and keeping a relationship going. But like when you come out of his face, like again, no one has any idea what it's like to be Elvis. Like the Beatles had each other. Elvis had fucking assholes around him. Yeah. And so no support at all until his parents, you know, when his parents died, he had fucking nothing. And so like, it's just, it's just a, it's just a, it's so tragic, but it adds, it's like Sinatra singing when Sinatra would sing something and you would just feel like the broken hearted chunk of him. Yeah. Uh, and boy, this really is great for that. But but also like there's this groove going on, and the band is such a motherfucker that like it uh, it only gets better. By the way, so uh, that was the chorus. I love it, and, the, and you're right. The keys were were cool. Yeah. You know my heart keeps telling me. Not a kid at 33 Play around, you lose your wife Play too long, you lose your life Some gotta win, some gotta lose Can I also make the observation that I'm so fucking relieved that, that the Jordanaires aren't on this <laughs> fucking song? There's one guy yeah, doing a harmony. Like one guy. Yeah, it's, and it's uh, and it's subtle. It's a, completely appropriate for the song. I'm waiting for because I'm pretty sure I, I'm going to assume that most of the '50s and early '60s Elvis songs are were like one track. Like they only, they don't access to multi tracks. which just went right onto tape with the live band in the room, including the Jordanaires, ooing their 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 you know balls off. <laughs> and I, I want technology to get to the point where they can remove the Jordanaires from all the early Elvis stuff. <laughs> Like, you know, because now they're at the point where they can, like, separate out a guitar from a bass and you can kind of isolate right. those. Can we can we start removing the Jordanaires? Is, is it, have, we, have we progressed that far yet with the technology? Because those fucking guys, those, those, those white, the milk toast pansies singing, ruining the songs. And so I was just thinking, God, if they get into a chorus and those fucking Jordanaires come in, I'm just going to be so bummed out. But good time Damon would have got the blues if I heard the, the, the I Jordanaires I think it was the guitar in. player on the track doing it. Like, I think I've seen footage of this session, but not this. Yeah. And he's just laying into it, like fucking singing. He's got a little mic set up for him in the session and just fucking does it all live. And it's fucking, it's so pro, like he's laying off. Because he's coming in with that, some gotta win, some gotta lose. And so it's, it's just fucking pros for days happening here. Like, this is what professional situations are like. And performance. Like, this is a performance that's happening here. This isn't like a collection of, of, of takes. Yeah, there's a, there's, I said this about REM a couple of weeks ago. There's a reason why these guys are, are uh, rock stars. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Elvis or REM or Rush or you name it. I mean... When they get on a stage, they're on a whole fucking other level than me and my stupid band, you know? I feel that 
a spotlight is being shown on how much the king is calling attention to himself without trying in this song that can like make you cry. It's so cool. And then you get Linda Perry screaming, look at me. (laughs) And it's like, it's like trying to achieve the same thing and, and get an emotion across. And, and, you know, it's like, wow, one is just so much better. Uh, I know that's not saying much, but like, Jesus Christ, if you got it, you fucking got it. And you fucking got it no matter what. And again, this is a, it's it's sort of mournful that whole, uh, I mean, and again, Danny O'Keefe wrote this song, so he shouldn't, he should be celebrated for the lyrics, but the, you know, my heart keeps telling me you're not a kid at 33. You play around, you lose your wife. You play too long. You lose your life is a, is an awesome little piece of business there. And, um, it, it reminds me of, a of when I hear this song, what I feel is the Burbank and San Fernando Valley that I grew up in and that when I was younger and what George knows all about, um, that that like I imagine driving down that fucking road on the way to the Palomino, and where you'd hear this song, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> but like yeah, that sort yeah. of like on a fucking August Sunday, yeah, you know nothing's more depressing than that. <laughs> if the doors of the Palomino were open, you'd probably hear this a band playing this song. <laughs> yeah, as you drove by, as you drove past on, it. on like, that road. <laughs> yeah, Georgie, what's the what street is the Palomino? I think on it's again? on Lancashire. Lancashire. Yeah. It's on Lancashire. Yeah. 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 And Damon and I played a million times there, uh, and and I it's a it's a that I got to rock there and fucking CBGBs is so huge in my <laughs> in yeah. my in my mind. Uh, hey, I bet Elvis I, never played at grateful. CBGBs. <laughs> probably <laughs> no, he probably no. didn't. No, no. <laughs> or the Palomino. Look at <laughs> no, neither one. But like, it makes me feel that like in a specifically a Sunday, it's got that depression vibe in it. But like, God, it's so beautiful. And uh, just the notion of like that good time Charlie's got the blues is such a motherfucker of a line. Like, God bless Danny O'Keefe for coming up with it. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, one more just thing. Just a little bit more. Oh. <laughs> one more thing. The uh, <clears throat> the image came into my head when you were in your Jordan Ayers rant. Yeah. <clears throat> you're just, you're in, you're in front of Graceland and you're clearly going to be there the whole day. You have like a camp stove, a thermos. Yeah. You're, you're going to be there. Right. And you just have a giant sign that says, remove the Jordanaires. And you're just holding it up. <laughs> just right in. That's and your whole point. You're just the there. whole day. Just... And, and they drive by and then all the secure, whoever works yeah. at Graceland, all the Jordanaires guy here again. What? <laughs> yeah. Except, except you're, it, he's here the whole day. Except just it would be hashtag remove the Jordanaires. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't really understand That's... it. It's not like you've created... Damon, has, Damon has a cause. And That's my cause. They're confused in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, Remove like, them from where? Are they in jail or no? Off the records. They're fucking terrible. I don't. Yeah, it's like the Snyder cut and <laughs> remove the Jordanaires. Those are my things. Those are my jams. All right, let's carry on here. Good time, Charlie's got the blues. Good time, Charlie's got the blues. Good time, Charlie's got the blues. Now is that pedal steel as opposed to just a slide guitar? No, no, right? he's playing. He's playing. Uh, he's playing the guitar. He's just bending the shit out of it and, and combining. He's not doing the pedal steel. That's a fucking guy on a fucking. So it's a, but he's, it is a slide, right? I don't think so. No, he's playing. That's I don't what think he's using f- a, a slide. Wow, no, he's just using his fucking am, hands. Am I crazy? Sort of like a Nashville style. Yeah, but I, I am I crazy or does that sound like a pedal steel? It so does. Okay, so I'm not isn't. imagining that. That's no. how yeah, fucking no, awesome. No, I it think is. you're right. I think he's just pulling it out of the fucking. <sighs> he's got one of those Paisley uh, Stratocasters. I think. Mm. Wow. You know, 
The, Man. Yeah, like the, the yeah. pinky one. So he's not even using a slide. No. no Jesus. No. He's, just, he's just, yeah, he's just pulling it. All right. Well, it really does sound like he's got a, uh, a, a, um, steel guitar. Well, and I don't think it's a steel guitar, but he may have, he may, he may have a slide. Or, but I don't think he does. I think it's just that bitch and but boy, it really does sound like he's operating on the. Yeah, but who the fuck knows? It, either way, it's just fucking bitching the shit. Is. Right. Yeah. And by by the way, uh, props to the drummer as well. That guy's yeah. that guy's killing it. He's he's like al- almost like Keith Moon level of busy, but it's completely subtle. Yep. You know. So I was gonna say. Yep. Good time, Charlie's got the blues. Yeah, like sometimes it sounds like a, a normal kind of country mm-hmm. uh, chicken picking. I don't think it's a slide. I don't think it's yeah, a slide. I think he's just operating, yeah. dude. I think he's just operating yeah. the fuck out of that thing. These fucking guys. Sitting right on top of it. Like he's because he's sitting down. And so he's just like up over it and just controlling the shit out of it. And I think can make it sound like that. Okay. But usually when they're sitting down with the with the guitar facing up, isn't that? I'm not saying it's a pedal steel. If it's just a normal. Like the guitar that George Harrison always played, you mm-hmm. know, in his solo career. That's a s- slide guitar, but not a pedal steel. And it was still sitting down on its back. No, no, no. He's sitting down. I, I'm, ju- I'm just saying that he's, he's able to bend his arms and, and use his hands enough on a standard Leverage. regular guitar guy. Yeah, he's just doing it. <laughs> he's just doing it. So he's got that kind of t- uh, that, that, uh, that touch. I'll bet you he's not using a fucking slide, but boy, it sure sounds like it. But like, goddamn, like <laughs> the king, like all of that aside, like the king is just fucking great. And, you, and I'll tell you what, like. None of those fucking cunty Memphis mafia assholes are involved in this band, you know. So like, and, and like, if just like musicians had been around the uh, the king all the time, he could have been helped so much, you know. Yeah, you know, like, and he just oh, those hanger honors, you yeah. know, such a such a depressing situation. It reminded me actually of a story. Um, George, uh, uh, Damon and I grew up with uh, one of our best friends was named Alec Berg, and he, his uncle, I think. A couple of them were, I guess, roadies. On, they went or on the road with Elvis. Right. They and weren't so part of the they, Memphis Mafia. They were just, just some roadies. Yeah. You had to get jumped so into they, that. They knew. <laughs> so this, there was a picture that Alec had because of this connection where there is, it was, it's a birthday party and there's a cake on a table and it's a, an incredible composition because there's a cake on the table. The first piece is being served and it's being served to the colonel who's in the fucking shot. And Alec made point to us to say, by the way, it wasn't the colonel's birthday. Yeah. I, but Aaron, Aaron, I'm in that picture. What? A- yeah. I'm standing in the back, like leaning against the wall. Alec sitting in a chair in front of the cake. 
and then the colonel's next to him. And, uh, and, uh, I didn't know that. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Like, I was there on. that day. I, I, I'm in the, I'm in a picture with Colonel Tom Parker. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, that, that was the funny thing though, is that it wasn't the colonel's birthday. It was yeah. someone else's like Alex's uncle's birthday or something. But because the colonel was there and he was like this top dog, alpha dog celebrity, yeah. he got the first piece of cake, right. which is traditionally <laughs> supposed to go to the, give birthday it to the boy. Give it to the colonel. Don't, don't, no, no. Give it to the colonel. <laughs> crazy i'll i'll find that picture i'll scan it and send it to you guys if i, I love I, to it's, see it's that. an actual photograph it's it's paper so i have to go yeah. dig it out somewhere but yeah. it exists oh my god that's so beautiful I, it reminded me of that thing that kind of it's astonishing to me that you guys are in it i just don't remember that aspect of it i think i was just so blown away about the the content of it but it said so much and in that moment the taman was a part of <laughs> it said so much about like the mis the dysfunction that led to the king being so sorrowful, I think, you know, like, yeah. fucking hell. Yeah, he was getting, he was getting fucked everywhere he turned. Yeah, he just couldn't, he, he wasn't gonna make it past the 40s. And that in fact, he did, that he made it further than, that, that he even made it in. Astonishing. It, 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 that was like, you have your um, Hendrix playing the Star Spangled Banner at Woodstock. You have Queen at Live Aid. Mm-hmm. And you have Damon in a picture with the colonel. Yeah, watching him get the first piece of cake yeah. on someone else's birthday. <laughs> moments in rock. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- that was. I- I'm glad to be a part of that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's fucking huge. It's a nice, you know, me and Queen, we got a lot in common. <laughs> Namely, one. I'll tell you, Panton. Queen and the King you and know, Damon. You, all you have to say to people is. Colonel birthday cake, and everyone knows what you're talking about. It's like planting Page with the with the bottle on the plane. Yeah, everyone, right. yeah, yeah, everyone knows where Jim Beam on everyone the plane knows where they were when they heard that story. Cur- Cur- I was here. It's the first time I'm hearing it, and I love it. So, uh, so I love it. So I, I, I'm so Colonel thankful cake. for 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 the uh, for for the king to save our our skins here today. Um, the, I, I, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get in trouble if I don't say this before that because my sisters will say, "Why didn't you mention that?" My sister. Nat, um, her husband, Gray, who's the nicest guy in the world and so, d- yeah, devo- so devoted to, to that, that, their relationship, she has a name for him. Like if he is with his buddies and says, honey, I, I'll probably be home. I'm meeting so-and-so for a drink and uh, we'll pr- probably be home 930 or 10. And if he decides like, oh, I'm having such a good time, I'm going to have one, one more beer and then get home at 1030 instead of 10. <laughs> she calls him good time, Charlie. <laughs> I just say, like, Aaron, you like, say that a lot. You say good yeah. time. And now I know yeah. where you got it. Yeah, it's a reference point. And, and yeah, 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 it was a reference point. And I remember. Like, he's out blowing the kids, like, college education <laughs> funds and stuff. A good time, Charlie. More, you know, He's half an hour tra- late. Yeah, he said tra- three beers. Tra- traded the mortgage in for, for uh, you know, to play play poker in Vegas. I'm here keeping the family together. Yeah. He's, so he's, he had an extra beer and he's good time, Charlie. <laughs> Oh, sorry, Aaron. I interrupted you. No, no, that's great. No, it's it's part of it. It's part of it. <laughs> um. So that's it. We I it. guess we we're we're done here. Uh, Can Aaron? I say one more thing? Yeah. What what I uh, what I liked about this a lot when you mentioned Frank Sinatra too is is um, Elvis's ability and Frank's to um, put themselves in a song. Yeah. And it's so oh, hard to yeah. do that when you're a singer to put yourself in somebody else's song and. And but they're so good at it. You're, they're singing right to you because they're actors, really. They're putting themselves right, right in it, mm-hmm. and they're so good at it. And I, I, I remember um, a long ago in college hearing a uh, a, a guy that was an A and R guy giving us a speech about music business, and he he referenced both Elvis and um, and Frank, and then he and then he said he that was because he was the guy that signed Whitney Houston or found her, 
And he said her ability to do that was what he recognized. Yeah. And that was the first time I heard the idea of putting yourself in the song. Because most people I listen to, they wrote their own songs. Or at least I thought they did. Yeah. And that, that's that, funny, too, especially when someone's... Yeah, Go ahead, Aaron, yeah. When they're so... And both those guys were so beautiful and so striking that if you saw them live, especially like with Frank in the early days with those crazy eyes and like he just could stare at you and knew how to operate each chick in the room. But even without seeing him, Elvis the same way, even without seeing this extraordinary human being in front of you, the voice is so powerful and so studied that they could achieve that same draw you in in that same way you know even if you're in the it's back not just of a, an incredible voice you know yeah you well, you're in the back of a theater right or something and and he's doing it with his voice to you and then the people in the front row are, are going oh they're staring at him going what am i what am i i'm looking at a god you know yeah what is this and you know i think morrison has some of the same qualities you know and like i it's an it's just it's so extraordinary george you're right like i just can't it's a, it's remarkable when somebody can put themselves in a song like that because like you know you say take somebody like Crowded House I love Crowded House and I think Neil Finn is one of the greatest writers in the world and you know uh, just perfect and anybody sings that you just sound like a guy singing a bitchin' Neil Finn song yeah you right. know mm-hmm. so it's the quality of the song doesn't make it, it you know <clears throat> but if you put a real when and those people who who out there is that kind of caliber who could just drop themselves into it and that becomes their song. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. It's an, it's impossible, you know, and so like God bless. We're we, uh, I was talking to Dunmore about metal singers, you know, and we were naming like our our top 5 or whatever. Mm. And uh I said, "You know who's the the Frank Sinatra of metal singers is Bon Scott." Yeah. Oh, delivery. Like he he was yeah, up in that rhythm. super high range but very conversationally telling you the story. Yeah. Right, you know, yeah, yeah and I, right. I just, I feel like he, yeah, he's, he's like the, he's the metal Frank Sinatra, <laughs> and he'd lived too, you know, like he'd lived, yeah, lived. right, he, he lived, he, and you, you felt that he, he was, had that life, you, you felt it, right, you're right. He was completely convincing when he would sing any, yeah. sort of, like mm-hmm. even though he was singing about big balls or something, yeah, he, you know, well, you believed, yeah, that he probably possessed them, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, or saw them, he to share them, yeah, he would rest <laughs> them on your forehead if you yeah. didn't watch out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have to watch the front row. That's why the front row is tricky. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, uh, let's uh, let's call it a day here. Good torture chamber session. I mean, horrifying torture chamber session, but a great sorbet. I'm going to say this again, and and hopefully, I'll remember to do this moving forward. Go to earandloathing.com and get on our social media and and don't expect any replies from us because we'll we'll check in like maybe once a month and see what's going on but uh they are they are out there the accounts exist and uh i guess we'll uh we'll, we'll have some fun with it so aaron i guess we're going to let you go um do i have to play anything here or do we have another theme we have so many fucking stupid theme songs at this point i i always forget if i'm going to play just something just pick one just pick one <laughs> so yeah that's it i think right Yep, that's it. that's it. It's good to talk to you guys again, and uh, love to you both, and uh, keep on keeping on. All right, and thanks t- uh, for listening to Ear and Loathing, and we'll see you next week. Bye! Good time, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Ear and Loathing. Peanut toys and fries in the back. Peanut toys and fries in the back. Mom! Take it easy. Lower it. I'm I'm not going to lower it. I have to do this now. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. Tune in next week for more.
Ear and loathing. End transmission. Goodbye.